comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 24 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in The Rambler, I'll be hosting Tom Beaupre. We did shows with uh, Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. I remember walking down the hall and Taylor was like, hey. And I was like, oh, me, hey, hey. And uh, so we did like four or five shows. And then like two months later, did another four or five with her, whatever it was. And uh, she was just like, you guys, you guys are getting way better. And I was like, thanks, I think. Like, <laughs> She's like, no, you're doing, I know you guys don't like the word choreography, but your blocking is great. She, and I was like, blocking? She's like, yeah, you know, like where you like plan it night after night, you're going to go over here with that guitar player and do something. He's like, it's, it, you guys are making a show. It's really cool. And I was like, oh, thank you. So you know who I am and that I play bass for these guys? That's cool. <laughs> uh, and then Ed Sheeran came into our dressing room and he was like, what's up, man? I was like, nothing. I was like, the guys are doing interviews or something. He's like, oh, cool. And just sits down and starts talking to me. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> Tom is the bass player for Florida Georgia Line, a songwriter, and does wealth management. Tom talks about his move to Nashville to pursue music and what fears he had to overcome and why he chose to get a degree instead of just pursuing music. And his mom might have had a little something to do with that. After a few years of living in Nashville... He had a few roommates move out and thankfully was invited to live with a few guys who were starting a band. He shares some great memories with the members of Florida Georgia Line as a band and as friends. We also talked a bit about the challenge of being on the road while being married. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. At the end of the interview, Tom will also play a song that he recently wrote. Now a word from the local nonprofit of the month, Adore to Hope. This week, Brent is in Haiti, so I was not able to uh, get a hold of him. And I'm still working at trying to be more proactive to make sure I have these lined up. Um, always a work in progress, as you can, uh, not that you could tell, but my editor would agree with that. Anyways, um, a way that you can get involved with the Door to Hope is you can give financially to the foundation program that provides funds for curriculum, training, resources, church repairs and seminars, also hosting a supply drive to collect currently needed resources for leadership conferences. You can also attend a trip to Haiti to participate in leading VBS for children, going to Haiti to share the gospel of Jesus to Haitian communities. And if you have any questions about any of those programs or would like to get involved, make sure to check out the show notes for more on Adore to Hope. And now let's dive into the interview with Tom Beaupre. All right. Hello, Nashville. Today I am hanging out with Tom Beaupre. Correct. Nailed it. In uh, the nations, um, in an area that is obviously still growing like crazy. Yeah. I thought it was somewhat almost developed, but there's still a lot of room for it, huh? It seems like it. And then I pulled up and... Mr. Tom had his house for sale and one showing, and yeah, you're yeah. moving, right? Yeah, that's right. That's all. Congrats. Thank you very much. I mean, that's, that's that's really cool because the market has slowed down a bit. Yeah, yeah. We kind of figured we'd take a chance on uh, cashing in on some equity and, um, mm -hmm. you know, might as well. 
we, we took a chance on the neighborhood because my wife works just down the street. So um, it's been awesome. And we've made a lot of really good friends and our favorite bar, the Centennial is like two blocks away. So we yeah. walk home from there a lot. So we're going to miss it, but we're just moving right four blocks so we're not gonna miss it that so much. you need one of those birds yeah right yeah. that's what we're saying i guess yeah. they they call them a bird's nest now which okay. is where they like all park together uh, okay um which uh i think there's one down by the tap room okay. on 51st but yeah. i was like we need one over here so i can yeah. just hop on and, or just keep one in my house yeah. sign up to be a charger so it never right. has to leave. yeah <laughs> well um thanks for joining me in rambler hey. today thanks for having and, me and um tom is a bass player and I believe you do other stuff as well because yeah. you got a guitar in here yeah. and you sing song. So I guess uh, give the audience a little overview of what you do and who you are. Yeah, I uh, currently play bass for Florida Georgia Line. I've been with them pretty much since day one. And then uh, I write songs on the side and I actually just uh, started doing wealth management. So okay. trying to so help. just got into that. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, trying to help peers, you know, actually think ahead and, and set up for retirement and not have to play until they're 80 so yeah so are you going to kind of niche into like the music part of it or i think so um so i'd pass my series seven uh in august and then just passed my 66 uh which so that's like federal and state um in like two weeks ago actually yeah so, well congrats yeah thank you very much that's smart excited. i like that yeah, yeah. that's yeah. like uh um actually so a guy who um i'm in a mastermind and he leads it he lives in uh pittsburgh and he um he had done some class with realtors and was just kind of like man there's a lot of realtors out there that don't aren't really great with managing their money you know yeah that's not me <laughs> yeah musicians uh, I, I think that sells right in general because yeah. you're like you're like oh man we got to cut back and then then you, you get some good money and you're like all right let's catch up yeah. on everything and it's like oh heck why did i do that you know Something oh like yeah that. oh yeah all right so we'll dive into a speed round real cool. quick how long have you lived in nashville 11 years. Uh, where did you move from and why Nashville? Uh, Paley, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Westchester, which is where Jackass originated. Okay. Um, uh, it was either New York or Nashville. I had family in Nashville and I had friends in New York and they were paying like $1,600 in rent for one room. And um, so Nashville made a lot more sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I paid $300 in rent well, back then. But wow. Yeah. can't get that anymore so yeah when i first moved here which was almost 18 years ago i had a little uh um apartment studio i paid 354 <laughs> yeah. and um off of thompson lane okay and Whitsett around there yeah yeah my wife never came to visit me <laughs> <laughs> we were engaged at the time oh, okay. and she was in hermitage so nice. um what community do you live in now as we the already nations. mentioned yeah. and uh why'd you choose this location uh I have always lived really close to Nashville proper, and so uh, my wife works downtown, and it just made, kind of made sense to find an up-and-coming community, and she's got like a seven-minute commute to work, so it kind of worked awesome. for both of us, yeah. And West Nashville is still pretty convenient, you know, even yeah. though there's been so much growth, it's like, it's still, you know, not too many interchanges to get downtown. No, it's it's awesome. As I, mean, I, as I came here from 440. Yeah. Oh, was it slammed? I, I, you know, the sad thing is there's no traffic on 440, but I was coming from the airport, right? Mm. And I, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, they really need to put a sign up that says, idiot, don't slow down. Right. Or like, do 50. Cause, Just merge. Yeah. Well, no, they don't even merge. Like, you don't yeah. even merge. Yeah. And if people listen to multiple, they'll hear me talk about this all <laughs> All right. So uh, favorite musician and genre of music. Oh, man. That's a loaded question to a musician. Um, 
just off the top of my head, first thing that came to my mind was Ben Harper. He's probably the most influential uh, genre. Depends on the day and the mood and what I'm doing. <laughs> That's, so with yeah. that being, yeah. you know, um, with Florida Georgia Line, like, do you are you all over the place listening to different stuff? Yeah, yeah. you got XM. Uh, no, uh, no, no. Okay. I, I just do Spotify. I had okay. actually okay. like I had just got a new car and uh, it had Spotify or um, Sirius. Yes, and I was like this close <sighs> to doing it, and it was just like. I listened probably to like three different stations, like okay. the Fish Station, uh, yes, uh, Howard, and then like some of the new stuff. And uh, most of them weren't included in the like whatever five dollars uh, a month they offer. And right. I was like, well, how much was it? And I was like, it's just radio. I'll use Spotify. You know. Well, and cheap ass. Sorry. Do you do you have unlimited data on your phone? Yeah. So okay. it's yeah. like I can stream and. I don't, and I would love to because I w- I don't know what I would do Pandora or now Amazon Music yeah. and there's so many, but options. I have XM. And uh, I got in a truck recently yeah. that didn't have it, and I had to listen to commercials. And then everybody has commercials at the same yeah. time. It's like, oh my god, oh, this yeah. is torture. Yeah, like yeah. I love some XM. I, I like still go back and forth because even like the highway is awesome, especially for mm-hmm. like new music. And then there's just they got a lot going on. It's yeah, they do. Committing I mean, to actually paying for another subscription. Right. <laughs> All right. So tell me one thing most people do not know about you. I'm fairly handy okay uh if you go into my house my wife always goes tom built that and that and that and that and so it's kind of fun it was like a hobby i stumbled upon i guess in my spare time yeah and so i built my kitchen table and actually i built something in there that's being sold with the house that were like specifically asked for it i was like well that's kind of cool yeah so nice made me feel good um, when you started to say that, I thought you were about to say, I'm fairly handsome. <laughs> I was like, That'd all right, fun. that went back to, well, maybe you're not very humble. <laughs> yeah, I had I posted the other day. I was like, Bob, the builder, can I build it? Yes, I can. I built a, a poker table. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's time to have a, a monthly poker night at the yeah. house. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's really nice to be able to do that, right? It's and it's fun. actually, it's really, I always tell people that say, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, no, you can. You just you just got to try yeah you know or put up with sanding yeah that is a lot of people give up there it's like nope over this well so when i sanded this Mm -hmm. um i sanded the whole thing down and it was almost like this color and then i sanded it to where it was bare and i was thinking how am i gonna do that with a belt sander yeah well i had disc like just some leftover that i had i had with the orbital sander which it really wouldn't do much but i was looking for something to put the sticky pad on because I couldn't use it with the other sander. Well, then I saw, have you seen the drill bit with the disc on it? No. Oh man. So it's, you put it in your drill Yeah. and it, it, you stick the pad to it and just, yeah. And just awesome. And it will, I mean, it will cut a groove in it. And I mean, it still took a long time, but that thing has been really nice. And it was funny because like, I wasn't even looking for that. I was just looking for, how can I use this pad? Because I can't return it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> if, I would look at that if you're doing much sanding. Cool. Um, all right. So, what is one of the most exciting places you visited? Mm. Um, I would say maybe Australia or Alaska. Both of those are cool. You just got back from Europe, I guess, right? Vacation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or we did, uh, yeah, just me and my wife. Uh, actually, since our honeymoon, we haven't taken a vacation that isn't attached to FGL. I think mostly because I'm a cheap ass and I'm always like, hey, my, my hotel and my flight are paid for. It's half the cost. Let's, you know, just t- attach it to whatever. Um, so she came to Australia two years ago uh-huh. and, you know, it saves you 
crazy money for not having to pay for one of the flights. And, um, she was just like, we need a proper vacation, right. you know? So we did London, Paris and Amsterdam. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. Paris nice. was. A, so incredible. being a wealth management, you have to yeah. change that terminology to, I'm a good steward of my finances. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be some days <laughs> trying to teach others how to be. Yeah. That, it'll be the, I think the teaching and learning is like whenever, you know, your wife spends something and you're like, well, why are you spending money on that? But then you go, go buy a beer at a Titans game that costs 12 <laughs> yeah. bucks. You know, it's like, yeah. I was telling somebody the other day, I, I just don't think I'll ever be able to accept the, the cost of sporting events. It's so crazy when yeah. you know you can buy a six pack for, yeah. you know, the same price. It questions, uh, especially as a musician, how much I drink. It, it makes me really question a lot of things when I'm like, I need this $12 beer. Like right. I couldn't wait four hours to just get a beer for $3. Yeah. I'm like, no, I need a beer here. But it's part of the experience. It is. Know? I was about to say, it is, yeah. it is hard, you know, because, yeah. yeah, I'll catch myself sometimes and we'll go to a watch party and I'm like, well, how much was that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now let's dive in. Cool. So um, talk yeah. to me about the, the years of listening to Green Day back in Paoli. Yeah. And what were some key influences that helped shape those younger years? Uh, yeah. So, um, so you had mentioned, you saw in my house, I have an upright. So I always played the upright since like third grade on. Um, and I remember being at a tutor's house asking, do you think the upright is the same as the electric bass? She was like, I doubt it. Well, I didn't come to find out it kind of is, uh, what is that? Jack White say cello, it's a bass, you know, whatever. Uh, so green day was like that song or that album that I just was on repeat all the time. So I got an electric bass for Christmas one year and started just going after that record. And, um, so that kind of like green day MXPX, that sound was just like my thing for a long, long time. Uh, in college, I played in a band called William West and it was like that punk rock emo stuff. Uh, and it's always just been like, I don't know, a big part of my, 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 uh, soul, I guess when it comes to music. Right. Um, but then, uh, I guess, in terms of like what really influenced me musically was like, like I had mentioned Ben Harper, I saw him a dozen times in PA. He would, every time he would come through with, especially like with Jack Johnson and Dave Matthews would come through. Like Philly was a great spot. Cause it, I felt like it was like a staple. Everybody would come once a year and we just had a lot of music or great music come through. And so Ben Harper was like one of those guys where you almost feel like you could do it. You're like, the songs are fairly simple that you can learn the songs really easy on guitar. Um, but he's freaking talented. It's like something about his simplicity that is not easy to replicate. Um, but him and then, uh, fish was a huge influence as I got like more into the music side. Uh, John Mayer, obviously for every guitar player ever. Uh, let me see. Oh, um, so journey and Peter Frampton for four years in a row came through Philly on 4th of July. Mm. And so me and all my friends would go see them and it was like, became like this ritual thing. And, um, that really like opened my eyes to like expanding, I guess, just from like current music. And I really started diving into like classic rock and mm. other stuff. And, uh, um, my guitar teacher, I probably started guitar in like sophomore year of high school. He was super into classic rock too. So it was kind of cool to learn and then also see like at the same time and you kind of start to appreciate it on a different level. Yeah. Um, so it was like in high school watching people like Ben Harper and Jack Johnson feeling like I want to do that. But then also like the musicality of fish and Peter Frampton and ripping guitar solos, like the culmination all just kind of was just like, I need to figure out how to do this, you know, in some capacity, whether 
whatever that means or looks like, I, like that's what I want to do. I used to get like anxious at shows because I was like, I, I need to do right. that. Like, how do I do that? You know? And so, um, a good buddy of mine, uh, through high school into college, uh, he moved to New York and we did a bunch of shows in New York and I just felt like we were like this close, you know, how do we find that next step? And so I felt like the songs were good. The friends would come out on a regular basis. Um, and I just said, screw it. You know, I was selling newspaper ads, which was miserable. And, uh, I was like, I can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with music. So moved here in uh, 2011. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. 2007. So, um, you were a third generation music musician, right? Kind of your family, I take it. Yeah, yeah. My, so, did, did, was that a big influence in into uh, at that age of going? All right, I want to do music. Was it because you saw it, or you just were like, uh, so you just had this passion early on? That's a good question. No one's asked me that. Um, so, my dad actually passed away when I was nine. Hmm. So, uh, from what all the stories I hear is, was he was like the entertainer. He would bring out the guitar at the parties and get everyone singing and whatever. Um, and my mom played a little music here and there, but after he passed away, my mom got us a grand piano or baby grand. Sorry. She always corrects me. Uh, and so, you know, she, but she was such a big influence on me taking music lessons. Like she made me and my sister take piano lessons. Uh, and then she always encouraged me. Like when I told her I wanted to play the upright bass, she wasn't like, how are we going to fit that in the car? She was like, absolutely. Let's do it. Whatever you want. You know, let me take drum lessons. Let me take guitar lessons, you know? And so she just really cultivated like, I guess my ADD with music and learning everything. Uh, I was mm -hmm. like, like everybody in Nashville, it's like, I can play a lot, just not very well, right. <laughs> a, but you know, a lot of people in Nashville are really good at everything. I, I'm like, I can fake through it. Um, so like church was a huge impact too, because there was a handful of us, depending who was there, like I could play this or that if he wasn't here, but mm -hmm. you know, he's better at this. So when he's here, he'll play guitar and I'll play drums or I'll play bass and cause Tim's here, you know, whatever it is. And so it was kind of cool to be able to kind of fake your way through stuff. But like my mom was a huge influence of just, if you want to do it, go do it, you know, yeah. go try it, go learn it, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of wish she was probably, she probably got super annoyed because I'd always like four, six months in just be like, eh, I'm over it, you know? Right. Right. I think she just got tired of trying to fight the good fight of keeping me in it. But you know, yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure that whole experience, like you said, just expanded your knowledge on, you know, even being in a band, yeah. what everybody else is kind of dealing with, you know? And yeah. I so. think I definitely like have the producer ear, if you want to call it, because I, I have a, a decent enough understanding of what everybody's doing and their role in it um, that I can kind of help out and see the bigger picture where yeah. some guys like are just incredible at the one instrument, but that's all they've ever done. So right. they don't always think like, well, how's this line up with the drummer fill or the bass player? Well, you know, and so. Right. And I think that's the cool thing I'm seeing, like with the, the guy Ross Holmes. And actually, um, I went and saw um, Mike Seal the other night. Yeah. And he had posted like, hey, we're going to be with, you know, playing some music. Well, it was a fish cover. Oh, and nice. Yeah. So he doesn't. Jazz play, he fish. just filled in. I don't remember who, I don't remember who it called? was, but Fish was in town. Yeah, yeah. And then they were at East or uh, Underground, yeah. East Nashville. Oh, I so I was go. like, I would go check it out. And it was yeah. funny because like we got there like really early, me and me and the guy Brent, and we had like a table. Yeah. Out of the, I think there's only three tables there, but uh, and then watching everybody kind of come on in and you get a scent of something, and but they were man hitting that hitting the just the music, and that's what I loved about seeing Ross play with. Um, no, actually, it was Mike playing with Jerry Douglas. Is the mm. music. You yeah. know, like, I don't think there was much singing there, but it was the yeah. the music. So, yeah. 
that's pretty cool man that uh like just uh bluegrass type stuff is mm-hmm. like jam bands on steroids that stuff's impressive have you have you have you listened to larkin poe if you're no. yeah. off the child yeah. so that um megan who plays the steel guitar is mike's wife okay and so they got this blues and yeah it's pretty awesome all right so with all that music why why college why initially a business degree yeah and how did william west impact you uh my mom was just like you can do whatever you want just give me four years of college so that whatever happens you always have a degree so I said, all right fine um and so i played soccer growing up and was i had three colleges to choose from that either offered me a spot on the team or whatever and my mom actually looked up all these colleges and was looking through the majors because i was like i don't know i'll go learn something and play soccer and she goes you know bloomsburg has a music degree too and they this is 2002 so they had just made a studio and it's a super new program and they had pro tools which was impressive back in the day Mm -hmm. uh and i was like oh that's kind of cool and um the coach was like yeah come on well long fast forward whatever to me being a freshman in college i guess i didn't keep up with the coach enough and he gave my spot away and i was like well anyways end up playing rugby for three years and within the first i think four weeks of being in college changed my business major to a music major and i just had a business minor because um as my mom will tell you i'll have a thousand business ideas so it made sense to go into business but um music was always as soon as i got there i was like this is this is for me so um and then uh a good buddy garrett lowe he it was his band and uh just invited me he was my ra and invited me to play bass in the band and it was just the three of us and it was uh it was awesome you yeah. know we would we would go like it was kind of random too like one weekend we'd go play a church retreat and then the next weekend we'd go play like a high school <laughs> like battle of the bands and then college battle of the bands and then we go play a punk show with whoever the uh you know tooth and nail artist was coming through the town and so we got to do a lot with that band just because it was a small town and there wasn't a ton of bands that people would reach out and be like no no they're great just have them on the show you know they'll bring out 20 people with them so uh it was just a cool experience to be a part of a band and kind of see how that can grow over four years and yeah um he was so connected to the school the school would have us play stuff for you know whatever it was uh so it's just fun you know it kind of teaches you a lot about what it really means to be in a band and lugging bass gear and speakers and setting everything up and yeah so which is kind of cool because i'm thinking about obviously not to dive into where you are now yeah but just the setup for that you know like i mean you had a crowd in college you probably thought you were pretty cool oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) but you know it, it probably helped just that having that experience to you know keep you humble. I love your trailer. <laughs> well, thank you. What year is it? It's a 1961. Oh my god! It's <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's awesome. Um, we had a guest come by that loved my trailer. So, uh, but yes, yeah, that just kind of prepare you really mentally and everything yeah. for whenever you jumped into you know a band that is uh, that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Tell me about making it, or tell me about moving to Nashville. Was it exciting? Did you have to push through some fear to get here? And um, did you make some great lattes at Starbucks as well? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think a big move like that is always terrifying. Leaving, you know, your friends and trying something new. Um, I definitely had some moments of like, holy crap, what am I doing? You know. And how old were you when you moved here? Twenty-two, twenty-three. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it, it was definitely a bit terrifying you know luckily i had family here so okay um that made it a little easier 
uh, and then yeah, it, Starbucks was a kind of a great way to just get plugged in immediately and have some friends. And um, but no, I remember like the first weekend I was sitting in my apartment. I lived in Antioch, and I, I was just like. I don't have anyone to call. I don't have anything to do. Like, this kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Um, and then I also found that, like, especially trying to get into music, everybody's first question was like, well, who have you played for? Well, I just moved to town. Nobody, you know, no one you've heard of. Um, but I, I'm pretty good at music, I swear. And, you know, it's like that, like, you need the experience to get the gig, but you need the gig to get the experience and so right right yeah it was it was tough you know it was like i felt like i kind of stopped playing music for a little like i would go to writers rounds and open mic nights and um it just kind of wears on you a bit um so i felt like there was a while where i just kind of stopped playing music um just because everyone's so good and everyone's got something cooler going on whether it's true or not like that's how you feel you know and um it was tough, you know. I, yeah. I didn't really know. You're like, how do I get this big L off my? Yeah, back? yeah. <laughs> you know, and I remember. Uh, so this girl I worked with, her boyfriend, was in this band, and they all had like full sleeve tattoos, looked awesome, would wear like black V necks and black vests without like an undershirt, and I was just like the kid in the green polo and khakis, like. And, but they were like, whatever, come hang out. You're a cool guy. And I remember going to Blue Bar, and the bouncers were like, oh, what's up, guys? Because they would go there every day. And, come on in, come on in. And he stopped me and he was like, ID. And I was like, no, I'm with them. And he just laughs at me. And I was like, I, I understand, the, the, but I swear. And Dustin, the, one of the guys turns around and he's like, no, no, he really is. Let him in. <laughs> and awesome. and so, you know, there's like, there's a lot more to music than just, you know, being good at guitar. There is yes. like an image. There is like, you know, being able to hang. There's a lot to it. And it was a learning experience that I probably shouldn't wear my Abercrombie and Finch polo right. hanging out with a bunch of, you know, whatever. So right, right, right. It was a learning experience. And, yeah, that's um, fun. But, so um, I know some roommates can be tough to live with, and some can be life-changing. Talk to me about a few guys you lived with in Nashville that helped you get where you are today, yeah. and how was it living with them? <laughs> that's a good segue. Um, they, so I lived with Brian and Tyler from Florida Georgia Line. Uh, also, uh, in that household was Chase Rice, who's also uh, a country music star. Uh, and then our videographer, Justin Maruzic. Um So the five of us all lived together. So how in the world did you get connected with that? Like- so I played for this random guy who's a writer in town, doing really well, Ryan. Um, he needed a bass player. I got recommended through a random friend I made at Starbucks. Justin was playing keyboard. Uh I hit it off with Justin. It was like the one person where we were like, we should be friends. And he lived in Cincinnati, but for two years, we like would randomly text each other, keep up. So when he moved to town, we were hanging out a bit and I lived actually in 12 South. Uh, well, both of my roommates within a month were like, hey, I'm moving out. Crap. What do I do? So texted a bunch of friends, Justin being one of them being like, dude, I need somewhere to live. Uh, they had a roommate that was moving out for trying to play baseball. So he was like, dude, we got a spot, like move in. And he's selling it to the guys. Like he plays bass. Like if we play writers rounds and stuff, he can play. I was like, cool. So we all hung out and hit it off and I ended up moving in with them. So it was like this really weird. Wow. Yeah. Kind of, I always like, it felt very God. Right. That's, like, that's the, the know, whole thing I'm thinking. Yeah. Right. You know, you meet one person the, two years later yeah. that you to live with. Yeah. And so both of me and Justin work for FGL now. And, um, but it was cool, you know, like it was a split level. So Justin and Tyler lived downstairs and then me, Chase and BK lived upstairs. And um, it, was, it was fun. Like it was kind of the, one of the first moments in Nashville where I felt like I had my group of dudes 
that I like really was missing from back home. Mm-hmm. So like that alone was awesome. We would have bonfires and parties and just hang out. And they were my, they were my boys, you know, you could go to them and whatever what I was going through. I felt like I finally had my friends, you know, yeah. which was cool. Um, they were just trying to be songwriters at the time. And I was one, about to say, cause that was before yeah, y'all yeah. took off. Right. So they were just writing songs every day. And then like we would go play at the Rutledge or Thurn Lindsley and, um, I felt like really quickly, you know, 12th and Porter would go from 30 of their Belmont friends to like a hundred people. We're kind of like, Whoa, you know, and they were like, all right, let's do this. And so, um, I was just kind of like, do whatever I could to stay in their good graces and, you know, started practicing my butt off and made sure I kept up. And so it was kind of, um, it was good. They were Tyler to this day, still a neat freak. And he was back then like him and Justin, the bottom was spotless, uh, BK, we call him, we called him uh, the hurricane because he kind of comes through and, but you know, that's, that's like, like my three boys. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how did that happen in yeah. five minutes? Yeah. He, uh, he loves salsa. He would always have like three jars of salsa in the fridge. I don't know if he still does. I don't stock his fridge anymore, but no, it, we, I felt that's like we cool. all got along really well. We all like lived together really well. Um, we all had that commonality of music. So, which had to make a really good cohesive group on the, on the road and all yeah, that stuff too. I right? thought, yeah, like, I knew each other very well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like, I guess having a, um, you know, having a best friend is, and eventually she becomes your wife, you know, yeah, you hopefully yeah, you totally. know each other pretty well. Yeah. It was really easy. Cause we would tour in his top BK's Tahoe in the early days. And it was kind of just like a continuation of living at home. We all just like would go stay in super eights instead of, uh, you know, our house. And so it, I felt like it was, it was kind of the best of both worlds. Cause it never, ever felt like work. Like mm-hmm. there was times, especially like after they signed the record deal and had management where maybe the manager would call and be like, you can't do that. This is a job. And I was like, Oh yeah, my bad. I like, I got to have some separation between work and friendship. And you know, that was probably the, the mm. toughest thing I had to learn as we got bigger and bigger was, uh, you know, there kind of has to be some separation. Okay. Um, but at the same time, like those guys are so good about, you know, I guess still respecting the friendship and, and I can still go to them. I feel like even to this day and be like, man, such and such happened. I'm struggling, you know, cool. It's, you know, like my sister went through, um, she, uh, has rheumatoid arthritis, had a surgery, you know, uh, she kind of had some issues with the surgery and I went to Tyler and I was like, man, I might have to fly home tomorrow. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. Tyler's like, bro, sit down, let's pray. Uh, he goes, you know, so he prayed for me and my sister and then immediately was like, if you need to go tomorrow, you got to go like, you know, and so there's still like that friendship. Yeah. Yeah. That really means a lot to me. And I think, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not easy seeing your friends become as famous as they are. Like there's some stuff you gotta, some pride you gotta set aside and just be like, that's their thing. I, you know, that's their success. And like, I'm happy for them and they let me be a part of it. And I'm really thankful for that. But yeah, you know, it, it, it's a growing, there's some growing pains with that for sure. That's cool. Cause I think actually, um, I don't even know if I asked that question, but I was thinking like, what is it like? Yeah. You know, so you, you literally just answered a question I was thinking about. So you're kind of a part of everything. And then all of a sudden, there's a hundred people, you know, a hundred executives trying to get to these guys and they got to do 30 interviews and then they got to do this and then they got to do that. And then they got to go sing. And then, so it's hard to not be like, guys, what about right. me? You're you like, know? Hey, yeah, I'm yeah. good. I can come over it's here. It's like, you have to be like, <laughs> I get to be a part of this and right. I'm playing, you know, these stadiums or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it's good. That's cool. So, um, all right. A quick shout out. What's yeah. one of your favorite restaurants? Uh, I got to give a shout out to the Centennial, which is, it's, I don't know if you'd call it a restaurant, but it's our local, uh, bar and 
they got great food, but they're just good people. Cool. Nate and Justin own it, and they're like the neighborhood bar, and they've just been awesome to the whole neighborhood and to me. And nice. It's, yeah, they're they're my they're my spot. So, how about favorite nonprofit? Oh man. So I just did a golf tournament. All my nonprofits are golf tournaments. Uh, a buddy of mine um, who's a PGA golfer has a nonprofit down in Macon that okay. he does the rescue mission. And his dad does a bunch of like free medical stuff for people that can't afford it. But then I just did one for Proverbs, the uh, the animal shelter okay. recently, which is cool what they're doing. Um, I try to just kind of help out whenever someone asks or if I can, um, I like to try to keep it local. Like a buddy of mine went to Africa to do some mission work and I love contributing to things that I know the people and what they're doing. And they're, you know, I probably should be better about reaching out, but I like that. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm with you, you know, and there's so many great ones around here, Gosh, but it, it yeah, gets overwhelming it, where yeah. you're like, I don't know, right. but I know him and I know he's doing well. So exactly. I'm just, here's something, you know, yeah. whatever I can do to help. So, right. All yeah. right. Cool. All right, so tell me um, about some awesome moments you can recall while on tour. All right. Uh, this pops in my head because someone just asked me about it. Uh, so we did, in 2013, we did shows with uh, Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift. And um, I remember walking down the hall and Taylor was like, hey. And I was like, oh, me, hey, <laughs> hey. And uh, so we did like four or five shows and then like two months later did another four or five with her whatever it was and uh she was just like you guys you guys are getting way better and i was like thanks i think like <laughs> she's like no you're doing i know you guys don't like the word choreography but your oh. blocking is great and i was like blocking she's like yeah you know like where you like plan it night after night you're gonna go over here with that guitar player and do something he's like it's it, you guys are making a show it's really cool and i was like oh thank you so you know who I am and that I play bass for these guys? That's cool. Uh, and then Ed Sheeran came into our dressing room and he was like, what's up, man? I was like, nothing. I was like, the guys are doing interviews or something. He's like, oh, cool. And just sits down and starts talking to me. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was just like, you're so new to it all. It was like, those were like cool experiences. Yeah. And then that year we did like stuff with Nelly. So you're like, I listen to your album every day in my car when I was, you know, and it's like, you're, I just kept meeting these people where I was like, what is happening? Right. Um, but they were also nice. And then like 2013 is a bit of a blur. Uh, people will be like, remember that time? And I'm like, I literally don't, you know, we did 250 shows. Like, wow. It's hard to remember it all, but, um, that was just such a fun year of like realizing, like, I might not need to work at Starbucks, Starbucks or tune pianos anymore. Like this might be my full time right, job. And right. It was really cool. It was funny because I actually I just listened to Unspoken podcast. Yeah. And um, Tyler was on there, and yeah. it was kind of cool to hear his story. Yeah. And um, and then I was uh, as I was listening to it, I was like, oh, that's cool because you know I knew I was going to sit down with you. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty neat. Got to got to hear his side of it. Um, any other cool memories come to mind? Uh, I would say one of the coolest moments. Um, I played it. I don't know. I think it's called the BB&T arena. Now it's the amphitheater in Philly. Like the first time I played there, it was like one of those, like, I felt like, uh, that thing you do in that movie where it's like the whole, like, kind of like fast forward through kind of like them blowing up. And then all of a sudden it shows them at that like County fair. And it's like this huge crowd. And it was kind of one of those moments where like, you just flash back to the, how much we've done. And then I was like, I saw a show there. I saw Dave Matthews there. I saw John Mayer there. I saw Peter Hampton there. Like you kind of go through 
sitting in the audience being like, one day I'm going to do that, you know? And, right. and I was on that stage and like playing and I was just like, like, that was probably one of the, one of those moments that I'll ever like always stick out to my, yeah. to me and like in my head of like, holy crap, I've, I've done it. You know, mm -hmm. like that dream is finally true. That's probably kind of like how a lot of people that grow up here have been here for so long that our music at the Ryman. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm on the Ryman. Yeah. You know, so. I'm in the circle. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So, um, how'd you meet your wife and does being on tour bring challenges to marriage? <laughs> yes. I mean, being away as much as we are is just not easy. Uh, you really have to learn how to communicate with each other and, um, you know, like our schedules are so, so she's a physical therapist. So she works seven to four, you know, and that is kind of part of the day where I'm actually free Well, she gets home from work and all of a sudden everything happens for me. So it's like figuring out how to communicate with each other and making each other feel like loved and appreciated while you're away. You definitely have to learn how each other communicate and mm -hmm. what they need from you to feel that. Um, so that's been a huge learning experience of just, you know, I've, I've realized telling my wife, Hey, I only have five minutes cause I'm about to go sound check goes a long way opposed to cutting her off in the middle of a story and say, sorry, honey, I got to go sound check, you know? So just like learning how to communicate with each other, but she's been awesome with it. Um, I think someday she loves her alone time of being able to come home and go to bed at 7, 7 PM and not being like, sorry, honey. Um, but we met, so she graduated college and also has a degree in massage therapy. And so um, Luke Bryan's assistant tour manager went to college with her and invited her out to be the masseuse for three days. And uh, I was probably the only one that didn't hit on her or ask for a massage. <laughs> I just awkwardly like walked by and said hi probably 50 times. And so the last day, uh, uh, as she tells it, I just would go, hey, and just keep walking. <laughs> uh, well, the last day she came up to me and we started talking and hit it off immediately and uh, hung out the whole night. And then... Um, she came out to a show like two weeks later and we got to hang out and get to know each other more. And then it was literally, uh, let's see, that was September. So we would just every two, three weeks get to see each other, whether it was a show or something quick, a quick weekend here and there. And then we we're ending the year and I was like, I'm going on vacation. Like I haven't been home. I've been on tour for the entire year. I'm going to a beach. Uh, I know we've only hung out like seven days total do you want to go to the beach with me for a week? And she's like, that's not creep at all. Yes. Uh, so we went to Key West for a week and, um, it was one of those where after a week I was like, can we hang out for another week? It wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to go home and have my space. Like I was like, this is it. Right. You know, I'm done. She's it for sure. She was awesome. We had the best time. So it was kind of quick, um, from like start to finish, but yeah, we were married cool. within like 16 months of really? meeting. Yeah. But so she was were, awesome. you, were you being intentional? You know, during that time when you'd say, hey, like, did you know what you were doing? Uh, kind of like you're like, let's play it cool. Not really. I had just like <laughs> gotten out of another relationship. And so I think I was just like and everybody on tour was like, have you seen the hot massage therapist? And I was like, of course, I'm the opener and the bass player. I'm probably at the bottom of the totem pole, you know. <laughs> and so I was just kind of like, hey. Uh, and then she came up to me and I was like, so right. so do you get a lot of massages? You would think so. Uh, I was, I well, figure you wouldn't, because no. right, I do it all the time at work. I don't want to come home. Yeah, you know? and it's like her, like 
do you, I don't play her songs all right, the time. You know, right, right. it's like you know, no, but she, but, uh, you know, she's on her feet all day doing physical therapy. So yeah. it's like the last thing she wants to do is give me a massage. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's funny because as I was as I wrote that down, I was like, you know, a lot of times you're hanging out with friends and you never realize or you never know their story. How'd y'all meet? You yeah, know, and yeah, so it's yeah. always fun to hear the story. So I thought, yeah, I'd like to yeah. throw that in there. Um, all right, so. What are the challenges being on the road? Does it get old playing the same songs over and over? And what keeps you going out there? Uh, I think the hardest thing for me, at least, being on the road is like the inability to do what I want when I want. Um, you're really restricted with, you know, where the venue is in comparison to a gym or to a coffee shop. You know, like sometimes it's just nothing's close. There's no runner available. So you're just kind of stuck in your 10 by 10 dressing room that has mm. curtains and the one couch with five other dudes uh you know and it's like that can get really taxing on me um i have a pretty like i wouldn't say really defined schedule when i'm home but i like love to get up go to the gym and then just kind of have my time and you know maybe i work out and i'm not done working out until 10 30 well breakfast is already done and then i'm like if i miss breakfast my day's shot i feel like i've I need to start over. Might as well go back to bed, you know? Uh, and so that, those kind of things just, you know, I have to really like call my wife and she'll be like, it's not a mm -hmm. big deal. Just mm -hmm. move on. You know, like that kind of thing. Your, your breakfast OCD. Yeah. Schedule OCD yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I just need breakfast. All right, I don't care right. if it's 1 PM. I like, if I haven't eaten yet, I'm getting breakfast. All right. So, uh, stuff like that. Um, the repetitiveness doesn't bother me too much. Uh, there, it's like somewhat comforting being in a routine of like, knowing when sound check is like, I, you know, waking up, same right, thing with breakfast. Right. Um, the music, you definitely go, I feel like I go through waves of like, ah, this set again, you know, and then being like, all right, I don't know. I'm really excited about this new song. So you get distracted with some, some a change in something. Uh, but I would say you always get really creative with figuring out how to motivate yourself to be inspired to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's even like the band coming up with a new vamp in a certain spot. And so you're just like stoked to get to play that. And, um, but it definitely can get like any job tedious. You do anything yeah, yeah. hundred sometimes a year, it's going to feel repetitive, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still music. So right. it's better than a lot of other things I could be doing. Yeah. And you got to just push through it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking it's like when you're bored, do you, are you like, all right guys, can we throw something else in there? Do you ever go up to them and be like, hey, can I get something else in there? Some, you know, like we, we definitely maybe go. Yeah, we definitely have the swings of like being too creative. And then because they prefer like, you know, that pop in. You go see Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, whoever. I mean, it's going to be the same show every day. Mm. Pretty yeah. close, pretty close. Right. You know, they'll do some things here and there. But we've run the th same thing, you know, where it's like you kind of know what to expect. You know what Tyler's going to say or BK is going to say or do to a 95 percent you know um but every now and again we get bored and then you get a little noodly or busy and uh sometimes it's kind of like all right let's rein it in we're yeah. getting we're not a jam band we gotta right, know, stick to right, the, right, stick to the right. script so because <laughs> you look out and you're like oh why is everybody kind of looking at us <laughs> yeah, like a deer yeah. headlights all right yeah uh, maybe that was too far yeah. out there but. um so what does life look like when you're not on tour? Uh, do you practice a lot? Do you do any session work? I know you, yeah. you write, and yeah. now you're obviously getting into the financial yeah. planning uh, world. Yeah, I mean, obviously, bass is uh, not the easiest thing to stay busy with because um, 
guitar players can play bass <laughs> in quotes and uh or it can be programmed so it's getting a little tougher to stay busy mm. but um no i've gotten to i always offer my services to friends and producers and like i love doing it i played i got to play on uh four of mitchell tenpenny's songs that just came out uh which was awesome um i got to play on a i got played upright on a christmas song for my buddy dan rodriguez uh so i try to like whenever i can you know do session work um i write a lot of songs with friends and then this year i've been doing the financial management stuff so that's been a lot of studying just these tests mm. are six hour tests so wow it was pretty time consuming as well but yeah gym dogs looking forward to getting into that yeah i am you know it's always been i've always been the the i guess we'll call it the money guy in the band the guy that hey what should we do for this type of guy how do we, how do we fill out this form um it's just been something I feel like my mom ingrained in me mm -hmm. and I've taken a lot of like joy out of helping people financially. So I'm excited to do it professionally yeah. and to a greater capacity. So that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be neat within the music world as well. Yeah. Which we won't pigeonhole you just to music, right? No, no, no. <laughs> well, the music industry is so confusing and especially for a player, it can be pretty daunting. And if a, you know, a CPA or a financial advisor doesn't quite understand how it all works, it can be, you know, I've, it's been a learning experience for me. So I'm kind of excited to help people kind of skip that learning process and be set up properly and correctly and mm -hmm. um, kind of know what to expect. Because there, there are a lot of curveballs in this industry. And yeah. um, if I can help someone get ahead of the curve, it's, you know, going to be awesome. So. Right. That's cool. So um, what advice would you share with young musicians uh, making a go at it? Ooh. uh go out <laughs> go out to shows to bars to make friends with everybody um i feel like i have a lot of people reach out and ask that question and i always say like i got to where i am obviously like i work my butt off and practice and take lessons i still take lessons you know it's like i'm not too good for that like there's always room for improvement but so much of what i get whether it be my gig my sessions writing is from networking with friends mm -hmm. and bars and writers rounds and shows and um, it's so important in nashville to just be in the scene and whatever you want to do so go do it yeah and then don't be discouraged it's it's super easy to feel like everyone's doing more than you mm -hmm. i mean i feel like you ask any you could ask anybody in nashville and they're probably going to feel defeated at some point like well you know he's doing more than me so mm -hmm. or I, I wish i was doing more you know but it's like you're doing something so right just right. keep at it yeah it's kind of like keeping a focus on you that's like i can yeah. think about people in uh in you know oh man they sold this amount i'm like well i just gotta work harder yeah. you know yeah exactly get get out more and that's actually one of the reasons why i uh one of the reasons why i did the poker table oh cool um we actually i, I won't name drop but we used to well i kind of will because it goes with the story i normally <laughs> don't but we used to play at a uh, ashley gorley's house a lot oh cool and um and so a mutual friend um, was in real estate at the time. I wasn't. And uh, he, I mean, we all like poker, but it was a good networking yeah, event absolutely. as well. And so um, the, the realtor would drive from uh, um, Antioch, I think, you know, to hang out. Well, he's helped Gorley with like five homes or whatever through his process, you know. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that's a great, because I tell people, I'm like, find something you love to do and yeah. do it with people. Yeah. Know? And so I know a bunch of guys that talk about, oh, yeah, man, we'd like to play poker. And then we just talk about it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know what? We're going to have it at my house. I don't have the most convenient house to have it, but it's going to be in the garage. And we'll paint it. Built a poker table because I wanted to. Yeah. My wife's like, you can just go buy one. It's like, you know, 50 bucks. I'm like, look at that. Yeah. Like, look what I can do. 
end up probably end up doing it right. Yeah, it was yeah. like I kind of got bored. You know, works a little slow. So let's yeah. do this. But um, but yeah, just meeting people. You know, yep. get out, network. Yeah, you know, you and I feel like just getting out motivates you to work harder because yeah. it's so easy to stay in and just be like defeated. Yeah, um, like you right. said, like just going out and doing it will I feel like really help you just figure out how to accomplish what you're trying to do. Yeah, even if it's already at a successful level down to just starting like yeah just get up and do something right right so how do you feel you're making an impact on other people's lives uh hopefully for the better (laughs) no uh you know i I think that's it's tough to feel uh how do i say this um it can feel like i'm just tagging along sometimes um and that's my own self-deprecation i think Mm -hmm. uh like obviously i've I feel like I bring some joy with what my I do, even if it's just within the band, uh, all the way to fans. Like, I feel like doing what I do brings joy. But um, I think that's why I'm really excited about the mm-hmm. financial advising is because I think, you know, if you're if you can get your money right, a lot of other things get a lot easier, yep. uh, especially mentally. Um, and and I don't mean like being rich. I'm saying just figuring out how to live within your means or like manage your money. I feel like, um, that's what I'm really excited to help some friends just kind of figure out how to not be so stressed about that kind of stuff. Uh, so, you know, that I, I guess that's a little thinking ahead, but yeah, that's what I'm really hoping to bring. But that's cool. That's what I was, I mean, as I asked it and you were answering, I was thinking, I'm like, you're setting yourself up to really make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think in, in like the mastermind I'm in with a guy from uh, Pittsburgh, he um his whole platform is uh, a life of freedom mm. which just starts with finance yeah but then putting yourself in you know a space to where you have the freedom because you know if your money's strapped you're playing with somebody that you really don't like right you don't have the choice because it's like it's paying the bills you yeah. know so yeah. to have that financial freedom it is yeah very freeing yeah you know yeah for you sure can do you can do a lot with money but like you said it's not just about the money it's about you know being a good steward of what what you are given so totally and i think uh you know it's funny you say uh the whole music side of it it's it i feel like music is so hard to i guess like understand how much it impacts people you know and like you forget it's so easy to forget about a song that you wrote so long ago or a show you did or you know Mm -hmm. just as simple as like here's a set list you know four years later someone comes up and is like hey remember that time you gave me that set list i'm like no but they're like that was awesome and i gave it to this person that really needed it and it made their day and it's it's hard to like be aware of how much joy music can bring and it's like silly because i sit there and think well these these artists or this person changed my life well how you know I'm probably doing the same just by a bass player being like, he can do it. I can do it. You know? And it's like, it's hard to realize that sometimes. Well, that's, that's kind of my thought with, you know, having Nashville untold and interviewing people that are making an impact. I'm like, in my mind, really a musician is if you're out playing, I mean, I guess it depends on what level, but you're usually impacting somebody's life period. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, you don't, you're not like, Hey, I got to run a nonprofit and this. It's like, no, you're playing in a band that's making an impact or you're writing a song, yeah. you know. Um, that's what I love. Like uh, P. Diddy. Yeah. Is it P. Diddy? No, Puff Daddy. I'm thinking <laughs> Diddy. You remember Do the Diddy? Oh, yeah. Band? But, uh, you know, I, th- I hear that song, and I had a fraternity brother that 
had basically walked off a cliff one night and died. Jeez. And every time, and so that song was played, it was popular then. So you're having a fun dancing, but then it was played at his funeral. I'll be missing you. And it was like, oh, I mean, everybody lost it. So every time I hear that, man, it takes me right to there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I love about music. Like it just takes you all the way back to, you know, hopefully good moments, but (laughs) sometimes bad moments. And you can reflect on how. You know, you've changed. So hopefully, it helps you through the bad yeah. ones too. So know. yeah, I think you give yourself a lot more credit with just doing music. Period. It's right. Impacting people. So, if you could uh, have a coffee with your twenty-year-old self, what words of wisdom would you impart in regards to marriage, business, music, or life in general? Um, I would say turn off the TV and get off the couch. <laughs> uh, I find that like, in when I'm feeling down, it's so easy to just sit on the couch and like not put the effort in and I get sucked into the couch real easy all of a sudden it's two hours later and you're like I have not done anything and I have lost any motivation I had to do anything so um and I noticed in my early years in Nashville instead of like just sucking it up and practicing incessantly I would just almost like give up and sit on the couch instead you know and uh I think, at least for me, that's what I'll tell myself. Like, get rid of your TV, you know? or get very uncomfortable couches with. Yeah. with after like ten minutes, it just hurts. Prongs yeah. stick yeah, out right yeah, or yeah. something. Gosh. <laughs> I just did the uh, screen thing uh-huh. that Apple just put on on Instagram, where you okay. can like put a screen limit, and oh, I like okay. after thirty minutes, it's like oh, you've reached. Oh, interesting! Oh, and it, I got to thirty minutes real quick. Holy crap! I was like, so. I wish TVs yes. would have that. Like, you've been sitting here for right, five right. minutes. Yeah. What are you doing? And, and yeah. You need to type in, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're a loser. Don't <laughs> yeah. be that. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's like Netflix where it's like, are you still watching? Yeah. <laughs> that's Depending funny. how you read it. Yeah. You're still watching. Right. All right. So from the great words of Paul and Timothy 4-7, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? I hope people just remember me for being like a joy to be around. I don't think I'll ever be the music prodigy. Someone remember it. Like I'm not going to be the Jimi Hendrix. People remember my playing. I don't think I'm going to change the world with playing a bass, but hopefully whoever I like come in contact with or hang out with, hopefully they're just like, you know what? He was fun. I enjoyed being around him. Um, and, uh, hopefully in the future they made my life better too with financial freedom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but honestly, like I, I feel like the people I think back on, are always the people that like were just the most fun to be around and just the easiest to be around. And I hope that I can be that to a lot of people that mm-hmm. I come in contact with. So, yeah, well, that's cool. Cause I mean, first time I met you face to face, but I was like, yeah, I'm on an interview time. I was telling some other day and I was like, yeah, he just seems like a really cool guy based on Instagram. Right. <laughs> but just yeah. your responses, your quick responsing, like you, you know, you just, yeah, you, you present, you know, or what's the word? I mean, yeah, like a joy. So cool. That's um, good to hear. Yeah, and hearing the interview, like the questions and stuff. So, I think the I think probably the biggest part that sticks out is the humility, right? People keep saying that, but yeah. I don't. Hey, it's big though. I mean, I, really. also my first story was with Taylor Swift, so right. I name dropped hard. Right. <laughs> hey, but that's part of the story. Like, <laughs> no, no, I don't yeah, name yeah. drop, yeah. you know, with the with the with Gorley often because I'm like, oh, you know. Yeah. But sometimes it's just part of the story. Right. Yeah. Actually, I remember we. Uh, uh, my wife, she was um, on the board of mental health in Middle Tennessee, and so every year they would have a nonprofit, and it would be um, well for a while. It was events, skill and friends, but before that, they would just you know contact network and find a musician. And Taylor Swift was one of them. Oh, wow. and I don't remember who 
she played with, but it was, yeah, I mean, who's that? Yeah, you know, I mean, right. it, was, it was probably real early on before she made it. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, wow, she's she did pretty well, you know. Yeah, she did. So, uh, Worked yeah. Out. Well, uh, obviously, humility, humility is a big thing, so I think you got it going on. I appreciate it. Well, that's all I got. Cool. So, appreciate the... Yeah. Uh, time yeah that's and actually now you're gonna pick up a guitar and play a little something for us you like put me the pressure yeah (laughs) i don't do this anymore all right after several interviews of musicians i've learned that the life of a musician is never boring i have really enjoyed hearing the stories of musicians from their beginnings to now and tom's story did not disappoint as you can tell from the interview tom is a very humble guy really enjoyable to hang out with I was also uh, happy that my niece happened to be in town and Michaela, and she was able to hang out with uh, Tom and I as uh, he told his story. Next week, Ted Yoder joins me in the Rambler. Ted is a musician that lives in Indiana. He became an overnight success after playing a cover of Tears for Fears on a hammered dulcimer. And thanks to social media and Facebook, I forget the number of uh, you know views, but anyways, a lot of people had heard him. So I came across him somehow on Facebook through somebody sharing, obviously, and uh, then also noticed that he was friends with uh, Chad Jeffers, who I had on a podcast a, uh, a few weeks ago. So I reached out to him because I thought it'd be cool to uh, have him play that hammered dulcimer in the Rambler. Uh, make sure to tune in next week for his story as well as a song he wrote. Um, It was pretty cool. It was a pretty big instrument to put in the Rambler, but uh, he made it work. As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and Limestone Title and Escrow for any title needs. As always, thanks for tuning in and taking the time to listen to Nashville Untold. Um, if you have not subscribed and you want to get updates when I release, which eh, I said it was going to be Monday, but yeah, maybe it's Monday or Tuesday. Um, maybe I get that structured. I don't know. But anyways, it'll be one of those two days I'll get it out there. So uh, make sure to subscribe. And then if uh, you like it, make sure to share it. Um, we're always supposed to say, or I should say podcasters say, hey, leave a review. And um, a rating, it helps spread the spread the love and get the word out. So I guess I'm doing that now. I don't always push it too much because uh, I'm in Nashville and meeting new people, and that's a big part of what I'm doing with this and sharing their stories. But obviously, their stories are great, great to hear. So the more uh, the more it gets out there, the more um, I can get their stories in front of other people, and it can make an impact. So, yeah, leave a review. Make sure to check out the show notes. For more details on Tom and how to connect with him, obviously you can go check him out at a concert with Florida Georgia Line. And he is also um, doing the wealth management. So if you're if you're looking for some advice there, you can connect with him and he can get you set up. He also had mentioned an artist, Mitchell Tenpenny. Um, he recorded some songs on, uh, on his track recently. And so I looked him up on YouTube and man, he had some pretty cool stuff. I really liked uh, I liked his music. Yeah, make sure to to connect with Tom and go listen to him. And um, now sit back, turn up the volume, and uh, listen as Tom plays a pretty cool song he wrote. So this is a song I wrote with uh, my buddy Dan Rodriguez. It's called Twenty Five Years. Twenty five years. 
dancing in the kitchen Louie playing trumpet on the radio Spinning in that white dress That you wore so long ago I've been trying to slow down But time keeps moving faster Dragging me along But darling, this is right now And it's where we belong 25 years I'll be looking at you Wondering what did I do Find someone like this And at 25 more We'll be looking older Our story won't be over All we'll need is Another 25 years Another 25 years Breathless Audrey Hepburn Timeless Everything you do If we live to be 100 I still need more time with you 25 years I'll be looking at you Wondering what did I do Find someone like this And at 25 more We'll be looking older Our story won't be over All we'll need is Another 25 years We're old and wrinkled We'll still be interlocking fingers Yeah, stealing a kiss Feeling like we're kids again Ever comes tomorrow, wrong time that is borrowed, living it like we're never gonna end. In 25 years, I'll be looking at you, wondering what did I do? Find someone like this, and in 25 more, we'll be looking older. A story won't be over, all we'll need is. Another 25 years Another 25 years We hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time, 